Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Soap Opera for Dudes Digest, a weekly podcast chronicling the real-life drama, emotion, and heartbreak of a fantasy football league in which we obsess over assigning pretend points to real football players. I'm your host, Chris Smith, and each week we'll talk about the big roster moves, upsets, victories, and defeats from the past week in this league. And we'll, of course, cover any side bets and other shenanigans the managers are up to, and, of course, look ahead to the coming weekend. This is the episode leading into week nine. It is week nine, and I'm not sure how to feel. Everybody's on by. We've got six teams are on by in week nine. So everybody's scrambling. Wave wire looks pretty slim out there, and uh, everybody's sort of hoping hoping for people to hit who uh, maybe are new to their roster. Maybe they were a second, second stringer or rode the bench, and uh, we'll see how things go but uh before we talk more about week nine of course we'll talk about last week in fake sports it was week eight and we all played each other just like every other week let's see i am now five and three i beat matt who's now two and six tyler boyd came through for me in a huge way of course uh with andy dalton uh as my qb as well and uh my kicker did i guess too and matt had of course patrick mahomes and the new england d once again uh, so that did well, but his receivers, I think, as a group, sort of underwhelmed more than they did anything else. So I wound up uh, taking the win, but uh, well played, Matt. Drew is now 7-1, and one, everybody. 7-1. and one. What a record. He beat Colin, who's now 5-3, and three, and that was you know first place, second place, playing each other. Uh, Colin had some great showings from Deshaun Watson, Chris Carson, but Drew countered with great Really great games from Andrew Luck and Adrian Peterson, old man running back for Drew's favorite Washington team. So it was a close one, squeaky close, uh, but uh, Drew pulled it out. Let's see. Derek edged out Beach in the two highest scores of the week. That's right. Derek had one of them, everybody. I don't know. Clutch Pearls. He's now 3-4-1 uh, and one because of a stat correction. That's right. Going into last Monday, Derek thought he lost by a point. Turns out he won by a point. So congratulations, Derek, on getting a big win over Beach. Beach, you played a great game, too. So, you know, it just matchups happen. John's now 5-3. and three. He beat Craig, who's now 4-4. Four and four. Craig got the lowest score of the week by a lot and tied his bench which meant that uh, I think he owes a punishment video, I guess. But it's a, it's a heavy bye week. It was a really heavy bye week for Craig. John had a pretty solid week, uh, pretty middle of the road, I would say, just solid. And it was, it was really Craig who beat Craig this week. So, Craig, uh, congratulations on the win over Craig, if by win we mean crushing defeat. Scott uh, is now 3-5. and five. He got a second win. He, he beat Glenn, who's now 4-4. Four and four. Uh, Joe Mixon had himself a big old game for Scott, and uh, Glenn was likely disappointed by his new pickup, Raheem Mostert, who did pretty well and then fell and broke his arm on, uh, on was it Monday night? Yeah. Uh, he probably should have played Wendell Smallwood in hindsight, but you don't acquire guys like Raheem Mostert, who's coming in for a starter, not to play them. Your window's only so big. Glenn also had three tight ends rostered and still does. Glenn... What are you doing with three tight ends, dude? Just saying. Lastly, Tom uh, is now three and five. He beat Pete, who's now still has his one win. He's one and six and one. It was pretty even, uh, but Tom had great games out of Russ, Russell Wilson, and Christian McCaffrey. So Tom edged him out there. Sorry, Pete. 
that's that's rough but congrats to tom so talking about our overachievers and underperformers based on yahoo projections Derek was the biggest overachiever. Congratulations, Derek. I'm sure last week felt great to get those kind of scores out of your players. He was 43 big points over. That's a lot of points over the Yahoo projections. And Craig, predictably, with a low, low, low score like that, was the biggest underachiever. He was 50 points under, which is kind of hard to do, you know, if you think about it with with, uh, 12 roster spots or whatever it was. Uh, Craig... I'm sure it was a down week. Craig's been playing pretty solid overall, just kind of a a fluke by something. Anyway, moving on uh, in the gap between weeks eight and nine, of course, there's a lot of transactions that happen, roster churn, people prepping, scrambling with all the buys going on. Uh, Let's see. And actually, even before we do that, talking about transactions, we got to talk about the transaction of last week. This is who made the biggest slash most impressive move in hindsight so who's making good moves in hindsight and i would say it's it's one of the two it's it's either matt for picking up that new england d they did quite well and they have a really good playoff schedule so they should be good rest of season or rather good late season schedule which is the fantasy playoffs uh or i would say and i I always am reluctant to do this but i picked up aaron jones for free 99 last week and i look like a darn genius because that was before ty montgomery got traded away and now it's really the Aaron's Aaron Jones show in Green Bay. So now I have basically the starting running back uh, for Green Bay. I mean, Jamal Williams will still do some pass catching, but it's looking pretty good so far. And getting him for free is awesome. We had some trades that happened, or at least one uh, so far. Derek traded for Deshaun Jackson, uh, who I had on my roster for a while, seemed to be doing good. Uh, and he uh, he sent Demarius Thomas, now on the Houston Texans, over to Scott. Uh, neither's a bad prospect there, and of course with Ryan Fitzpatrick, more of a wide receiver targeter, Deshaun Jackson, Jackson I can't even say it, Deshaun Jackson, uh, seems to have a much brighter future ahead of him than when Jameis Winston was the quarterback. We also had a, a plenty of waiver wire stuff happening. I didn't really, I was traveling for work, didn't really do much in the in the waiver wire show portion, I guess. I don't know. Uh, maybe I was just dumb and paying attention to other things. But we did have some contested pickups. Uh, Drew picked up Larry Fitzgerald, uh, who was on the waiver wire after a buy for $4. Or I guess he has a buy this week. Uh, the Dallas D also went to Drew for $3. Dallas has a great schedule and is playing really well on D. Uh, the big spending was Pete. Pete picked up Marvin Jones Jr., who I stupidly dropped. I don't know what I was thinking, getting Geronimo Allison for Mar. Oh, yeah, I'm dumb. Uh, but Pete spent 16 big bucks over to get him over the rest of the uh, the bidders. He's looking to end a three-week losing streak. And Pete, in order to get Marvin Jones, spent the rest of his fab budget. So Pete is now basically making $0 bids for everything that he can. So good luck, Pete, rest of the season. I hope Marvin Jones has a great game for you. Um, and he's, you know, probably will, frankly, because, uh, you know, now he's one of two bigger receivers on that team with Golden Tate now traded. So, yeah, maybe maybe a great move. We'll see. The Kansas City D got picked up by D-Rock for $10. That's the second time he's paid up for that D. So maybe maybe there's something there. 
Derek had a big win last week. Maybe there's something there. And uh, big move, uh, Cortland Sutton went to Scott. Scott picked him up for 12 big fab bucks. And Cortland Sutton, of course, the beneficiary of Demaryius Thomas uh, going to Houston. He's the new young receiver in Denver, and we expect great things out of him. So good move, Scott. Also, Tom picked up DJ Moore for $9. Great receiver on Carolina, and Carolina's been hitting their receivers really well. So awesome job. In terms of throwing money away, that's spending needless fab budget on stuff that you could have gotten for free. Once again, I lead the way. I picked up the Jacksonville defense for $8 to play last week. Um, I'm talking about this since our last show. Just I, I didn't need to spend that money. It was fine. It all was going to be fine. I could have picked him up for zero. Scott picked up Jamal Williams for 8 bucks. That's probably a good pickup, especially with Ty Montgomery leaving. And Brett paid $2 to get David Moore, young receiver on the Seattle Seahawks. So probably a really good pickup, Brett, for not too much money. I say throwing money away. Really, it's just, you know, he could have spent $0. Would have been even better. In free agency moves, I picked up the Denver D. Uh, maybe as a good defense this week. We'll see. Uh, Matt picked up two people with the name Devontae. He got Devontae Parker on the Dolphins and Devontae Booker on the Broncos. So maybe the Devontae's will be hitting for him with all these buys. Pete picked up Kiki Kuti. Kuti? Is that Kuti? Maybe. Uh, hopefully he'll come back from injury and, and do well for Pete. Uh, Brett got the Seattle D and Tyrell Williams for free. Colin got the Miami D. And Craig got Graham Gano for free. So people are shopping around still. A lot of moves made. I think on average, people are making about two moves a week, maybe three. Pete's on average maxing out everything as usual. But uh, as far as what I think is going to be the transaction of the week, I would say probably it's going to be the $2 buy on David Moore just for value. Brett... Good job. You get transaction of the week. Runner-up would be Scott for that Court and Sutton move or Pete for Marvin Jones. Uh, either way. But looking at value, Brett definitely got a lot of value for $2. So good job. And that, of course, means that everybody is... Rosters are pretty much set going into week nine. We probably still have a little bit of room for transactions. And Pete has a trade offer out to me that I'm considering. But I'm going to keep cards close to my vest for now. And we're just looking ahead to see what's going to happen to week nine. It is, as I mentioned, a really tricky week. I think the trickiest week of the year because we had four teams on by last week, six teams on by this week, and then the buys start to trail off after that. But the scores and the projections in general reflect this. You know, it's lower than what we've seen when everybody's playing their first choice starters all the time. Uh, so I actually took this, uh, you know, before we go into the matchup to watch. Uh, to see what's what's going on. I, I nerded up a bit and put all the scores into a spreadsheet and I started doing some analysis and I found some really interesting trends, right? So fantasy football, each team, I'm, you probably already know it, but in case you don't, you, you play your team and you just get a score based on how they do and you compare that, it, but it's always matched up against somebody else. So even if you have the second highest score, if you're playing the first highest person, you're still going to get a loss, the same as if you lost and, and put up no points or something like that. So it's the record that ultimately matters, but the total score is a tiebreaker. And in general, if somebody's scoring a lot of points, they usually have a good record, but maybe they lucked out in their matchups. And in, in general, conversely, the, per, the people who get a lot of points scored against them uh, is really, that's a function of the matchup, but you would expect that the people who 
do less well against other people are in lower positions, if that makes sense. So I started taking a look at the, at the scores, and I noticed something real weird. John is really weird. So just by freak luck accident, I don't know. I mean, John statistically is anomalous for probably other reasons, too. John, you're a special, special angel. But opponents do 17 points worse. That's basically a QB2 worse or a really good performance out of a wide receiver worse against John than they do against the average. 17 points. And then, you know, I've been talking about Drew and how he's like lucked into a bunch of wins. On average, that's true, but only about five points. I don't understand what John's doing for this karma. But essentially, when you factor that into the fact that he is basically on average for points scored, it makes a lot of sense that he's five and three, that he has a winning record and he's, you know, tied effectively for second place in the league with something like that. Uh, and we also have examples to the contrary, right? So uh, people actually, you know, Pete has really bad luck in addition to not doing well on the roster side. People do better against Pete than they do against anybody else. So people do about five points better against Pete. That's about as much as people do worse against Drew. Uh, and people do about five points, um, just under five points uh, good against me uh, and also Scott. So, you know, it's it's a weird thing. I don't know how much to buy into psychology is to say, oh, okay, I'm playing Chris. That means I need to really try harder because assuming assuming everybody's trying to make the best roster they can each week i don't think people are really slacking off too much but if you have a close matchup you're more inclined maybe to make a move than if you're projected to win by like 15 or 20 points you might just like sit and not do anything else but at the same time just i can't understand this negative 17 points against on average for drew if you factor that in so, you know, kind of what your average, how well are you scoring versus how, on average, how good are your matchups? You kind of can create this ranking where uh, you can see, okay, on, if you were to take averages, like not just the, the records, but just averages, who's doing the best? And John, because of that crazy score, is doing by far the best. Uh, and, and John, it, it must be real nice to be you, I guess. Uh, and then, you know, it makes sense that like the, the other people in first through fifth place, uh, are, are doing really well, uh, of note, Matt is the person who probably is being, who is statistically unluckiest. He's doing better than average at the points he's scoring, but people are doing better than average against him. And so his record is two and six which puts him in 11th out of 12 places. But statistically, by points scored, he's about 5th. If you look at that sort of, I don't know, I call it a power index, he's about 6th place in terms of how well he's doing on average. And of course, part of that is he had one really bad game. And when you have one really bad game, it throws off the averages. But, you know, there's... It seems like statistically, there's some justice for the people who are up the highest, and there's some justice for the people who are the lowest. But Matt should be a little higher and john i don't know maybe he sacrificed a goat in his backyard it's it's real weird so we've got john and drew it's just undeserving luck i guess so the real question in terms of matchups to watch for me is 
how is how is statistical justice going to play out or is it going to get worse so is glenn going to take down john is he going to make things right again in the world glenn i'm counting on you uh or is is beach can he stop drew's dominance can he give him a second loss beach is is doing pretty well in the league he's he's up there in terms of uh points he's third uh but you know he could sort of correct that and nudge that back towards the curve so uh we'll see and um yeah, I, I have a tough matchup against Colin. We're we're both in the top half of the league, um, and everybody has a lot of buys, and we'll just kind of see how this goes. Yeah, uh, weird week. A lot of math that I did, but mostly it's just going to be real tricky for everybody with the buys. I hope things go well for almost everybody. Not you, Colin. I hope things really go poorly for you. So, uh, otherwise, in the managers, it seems like it's been just kind of another another good week here. Craig uh, did his side bet. He had a Red Bull vodka, otherwise known as a stomach lining replacement, while uh, he was looking mighty fine on Halloween in his Magnum PI costume. Short shorts, mustache, hat, sunglasses, Detroit Tigers hat, Hawaiian shirt. All the pieces were there. So, good job, Craig. You did it. Uh, as far as, so gift of the week here, as we're talking about managers, I would say it goes to Glenn for making fun of Matt for having too many dolphins on his team. He posted this gift of a dolphin leaping out of the water and just body checking a paddle border. It made me laugh a lot. So Glenn, good job. Dolphins are weird, uh, in life. They are the, the frat boys of the sea and on the football side, they're disappointing. So Matt, you deserved it. Uh, talking about sunday and monday coming up um i don't know there's a lot of football to watch even though six teams are on by there's still plenty of games uh looking back i had a lot of fun catching up with the seattle at detroit game it was super fun to watch seattle win that one go hawks but looking ahead this week i think really just staying with the nfc we've got the rams versus the saints i'm really interested to see what the top two teams probably in the nfc look like against each other it should be an offensive explosion we've also got green bay versus new england so that's rogers and brady against each other out dueling each other we'll see how those two matchups go those are going to be some some fun games and i'm excited uh also to have our first ever can i speak to a manager segment I got to talk with Matt, our, our brave commissioner, and I have an interview for you coming up right now. Commissioner Matt, thanks for joining the show, man. Great to be, great to be here, Chris. Yeah. So I guess maybe we could just start with some high-level questions. Uh, how's your season going so far, man? It sucks. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting here looking at my, uh, my, my team, and I don't know why it sucks, but it – well – but it does. Yeah. And sometimes you have you have seasons and you just go, well, I deserve this. Yeah. And maybe karmically I do, but like <laughs> from the players that I picked up at the draft, I don't think I did. Yeah, cuz you drafted what? You did you pick Zeke first and then Michael Thomas second? I mean, you've got solid performers who haven't been injured, who haven't, you know. Uh Yep, I felt like I had full full first quality, you know, wide mm-hmm. receiver once. Mm-hmm. Um and it turns out that no, I do not. I've got probably one and a half yeah. at best, and um, then uh, the only saving grace from the season was um, picking up my boy Patty Mahomes. 
Yeah, uh, thanks. Off the week. <laughs> so I and I think you're aware. I drafted Patrick Mahomes and then I dropped him before week one because I got gun shy about starting the rookie. I didn't think maybe he'd do very good, so I picked up uh, Andy Dalton instead and just left him on the waiver wire. Worst mistake I could have made all season, but you benefited from it. I'm pretty confident, Chris, that like without Patty Mahomes, I'd be. I'd be very lucky if I was if I had a win at all, and you'd be pretty much top, like undefeated, with him, right? It may be. So you know, I'm. Uh, I did a little statistical analysis uh, before this show, and as far as being unlucky, you are absolutely right that you are unlucky, right? Looking at the points for versus points against, um, people <laughs> do way better against you just out of random luck than <laughs> than some people, and uh, people get up to the finish. Yeah, but <laughs> but the thing is, with your points, the points you've scored, on average, you would be fifth place right now, um, and points yep. for minus points against. So just looking at the, you know, kind of, if you were to average performances across, even just whatever, you'd be in sixth place. So really, it's just really unlucky matchups that you've had. And also, the, the, the one time... Uh I didn't even just lose with my lowest score. I beat it by a full 30%. You know, yeah. You know, like historical <laughs> lowest score. It wasn't even just a little bit. Like, it wasn't by a point or two. It was, you know, <laughs> I beat it good. Yeah. And so, like, you, you like if, if you just, you know, that one week you go back to average and suddenly I'm probably, you have an extra 40 points and I think I'm second in the league in points scored for the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. For the season. But. This is fantasy football, right? Yeah, exactly. And the matchup system kind of creates that extra, I don't know, element of chaos, I suppose, because you can do so yeah, well on the exactly. weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Well, sorry it's been a rough go. I mean, if you keep scoring like you've been scoring most of the time, you have a shot at the playoffs. Probably not anymore. You but don't think I, so? No, but I think that probably there's a really good chance like that I make the top of the beer bracket. If I can, okay. you know, I, I think the best case scenario for me is sort of, you know, sixth or seventh. Okay. I don't know. We'll mm. see. I, I, basically, if you do nothing but win from here on out, you, you might scrape nothing. into the playoffs. But your record, you're right, has not been fantastic. There's four more games. Five. Five more games. That leads me at seven and six. Yeah, it's possible, I guess. But I need a lot of things to go right. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's still, I mean, there's still some hope one way or the other of salvaging a season a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I pulled off a run like this before. It, t- it took a team name change. Um, Ooh. And, um, but I'm not prepared to part with Marshawn Lynch as, a, as an avatar or as a team name. Even though you've parted like, with him on your roster. Yeah, that was just common sense. It's Dude's on the IR, on IR so yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had, had this, plan, this team, name, team name planned for like 11 months now. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Got to stick with it at that point. Yeah. I just kind of want to get into it a little bit. Um, I, have, I totally have some questions for you um, with regards to some moves you've made earlier in the season. So, for instance, how do you feel about ASJ, Austin Safarian Jenkins? Because you made four different transactions with him in about the span of two weeks a few months ago or a couple months ago, right? Where you dropped him, you added My him, you dropped guess- him. Yeah, yeah. My guess is that was mostly with regard to um, I had Jack Doyle, and I was happy with Jack Doyle at tight end, mm. um, especially with Andrew Luck coming back this year. But it turns out that that he was in and out, and no one knew how long he was going to be out for. So, oh, I, okay. So you were up, just trying to sub him in and out based on yeah, what it was exactly. Looking like. Okay. And then it turns out that 
um, the ASJ from the Jets is dead and buried and never coming back. So, mm-hmm. and I think he's on IR now, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, I, I, I should have found a better option earlier, but yeah, I, I, I still want ASJ to make it because he's, yeah, because he's a Husky and because like at UW he was really, really good. Yeah. But I just think that the AS train, ASJ train has left the station. Yeah, that is unfortunate. But, uh, you know, clearly, I mean, he had a good week, too. Like, he, he did all right some weeks still this year. But, yeah, it wasn't the dominance that we saw previously. He's the very definition of touchdown dependent. Yeah. And then in, even last year, he like he was doing okay with Josh McCown throwing to him. Mm-hmm. But this year, he has Blake Bortles, who's on a down year for Blake Bortles. So, like, that's just asking for trouble. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. And just, I don't know, I mean, obviously I'm still plagued by regrets about Patrick Mahomes and, and doubts about other trades that I've had. Um, you made a big trade probably about five, six weeks ago where you traded Phil Rivers away to Derek and you got beast mode for at least, you know, part of the season uh, until he got hurt. Um, do you feel like that was worth it given that you already had two other great quarterbacks on roster? Or um, do you do you go well, through the yeah, same regret process I do? Um, yeah, I, given that Marshawn Lynch played like three games for me, and each each game he probably came close to scoring ten points. So, yeah. um, I think Derek's going to end up winning that one, unfortunately. But um, yeah. roster composition I, 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 wasn't he, a bad move. He was going to Phil, Phil Rivers was going to sit on the bench bench for me anyway. So yeah, um, yeah, I no regrets certainly. Great, uh, well, glad to hear. The it. only regret might be actually not trading it for a different running back. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to focus on when you're trying to go in for more wins and, and trying to save this season without giving too much away, without tipping your hand? Oh, there's, 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 there's no trade secrets here, mate. Um, <laughs> my my, uh, my trade secrets are, uh, are all out there for everybody to see, which is um, hope like hell that the Dolphins turn it around. Yeah, you are rostering a lot of Dolphins right now. I mean, it's just the two of them, and I actually think they're the two best Dolphins offensive players. Granted, yeah. With that said, they've also got a quarterback who's Brock Osweiler, who's probably worse than Blake Bortles. So at the moment, if it, you know, it's just because it's a bye week this week mm-hmm. that, that there are two Dolphins out there. But I'm yeah. um, hitching my running, you know, hitching my wagon to the Kenyon Kenyon Drake bandwagon, which is always a fun ride. Yeah. Well, at least you're set up for a good match against Pete uh, so far. You know, at least according to Yahoo projections, you're still looking strong, which means nothing because Sunday hasn't happened yet. But yes, according according to Yahoo projections, I am um, I am favored to win by what five six points, uh-huh. and I have no doubt whatsoever that um, Stefan Diggs and Marvin Jones Jr. Jr. are probably going to go bananas, and I am going to lose. Just looking at the at the matchups across across the boards, like he's got Aaron Rodgers at Green Bay, I have. Patrick Mahomes at Cleveland. Patrick Mahomes isn't probably going to throw after the middle of the second quarter in that. <laughs> um, he has Gronk. Gronk hasn't and, been Gronk this year, though. Not really. Yeah, but he's in prime time, so... Maybe. I, yeah, yeah I, I, I love Gronk. I have faith in Gronk. You've got Aaron Rodgers at New England, so he will have probably four points going into the middle of the third quarter and end up with 40. So at this point, by by Monday night, I have no doubt at all I will... Ha- I will um, regret not trading my entire roster for Pete's entire roster <laughs> as I offered back and like after the draft and then quickly welched on. Yeah, that almost 
kind of almost happened. That would have been hilarious. No. Not really. <laughs> it it kind of happened. Then I looked at the Peach roster. I said, no, I don't want that. And um, it was never going to happen after I, I actually saw who he had drafted. Yeah. Was there anybody so, at the draft where you wanted their roster? Or, you know, a team that you wish you had? Collins, I think, from memory. But yeah. this is... It's, that was eight, week, eight weeks ago, and I can barely remember what happened a month ago. So Yeah. No, I can't even remember what happened yesterday, practically. So Yes. So, no. Maybe, Colin. I remember looking at the, the, the grid screen which and, and looking at how many the running backs that I had gotten versus the running backs that I think he had gotten. Mm-hmm. And wondering how, like, when we picked one, part, one, one slot away from each other or two slots away from each other, how we had uh how he had end up ended up with like all the running backs that I had wanted to draft. Yeah. Although it seems like there's a weird karma about drafts where it seems like the people right before you are taking everything on your list. And Yes. That's just And I think was it might have been Scott who picked before me. So because of that screw you, Scott. <laughs> Indeed. Scott's uh, had a good year too and he uh he waxed me in our last meet up so scott i'm sorry but screw you yeah screw you scott yeah but not really not no not really cool do you have mm-hmm. any uh questions for me or anything uh anything that you kind of want to talk about how much do you expect from baker mayfield because you, you go into it and then you're like i'm not sure how much how much this is a thing and how much is this you actually do expect from him uh so I love the hype and I love the story of Baker Mayfield coming into a losing franchise and potentially at least salvaging a season uh, as mm-hmm. a rookie. I think that's a, a really cool story and, and very optimistic and hopeful, which is the kind that I, I tend to like. I'm not sure. I mean, they just fired their head coach and offensive coordinator in Cleveland. Uh, and they're getting a new one. Usually you see a little bit of a bump when you have a new OC for that first week. Everybody's really energized and maybe has some new ideas that uh, nobody had expected before. But I, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think Cleveland's going to be a good team for the next couple of years under Baker. I think best we can hope for is he sticks around, he becomes that franchise quarterback, and maybe in a few years that talent will develop you know, around him. Because right now he's getting sacked more than anybody else in the league. He's just getting beat up every single week. And he's a little guy, you know? He's got a really beat up face, though, he right? He does. He does. And, like, I'm not trying to say he's, like, some, you know, uh, poor victim or paragon of virtue or anything like that. But, you know, it's just hard to succeed as a young quarterback when you're a little undersized and you're just getting beat up. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I, like, I, I hope he does well. Yeah. But, you know, because he was a walk-on at, he was, I think he was a walk-on at Oklahoma, you know? So, you know, well, became a trophy winner. Good on him. Sort of. He was sort of a walk on, right? Because didn't he? He was at another school, wasn't he? At like Texas Tech for like a, a year or something like that. Before that, no, he was a, a true walk on. You know, Baker Mayfield than I do. Oh, I don't know. I was reading something on the Ringer where they were comparing Pat Mahomes and Baker Mayfield. Um, oh, so that would make them both the, coming out of Texas Tech pretty much about the same time then. Uh, yes, and that. Uh, and maybe I'm getting the story all wrong, but they had this crazy game where they played each other, and it scored. You know, the score was like 100 to 102 or something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it was Baker had left the first school he went to to go sign with Oklahoma or sign. I mean, his college student, but still. Uh, yeah, he was getting paid. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. 
Yeah. And so then, how how do you feel about um how do you feel about uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick? It's fun. <laughs> he's he's ridiculous. Um, I think I need a little bit of magic to beat Colin this week. So when I was looking at Baker, and then I saw Ryan Fitzpatrick on the waiver wire, uh, just coming back. Uh, he's done nothing but throw a million touchdowns. It seems like this uh, when he's been in, and the fact that Jameis was benched. Uh, and probably won't start in the NFL again, I would think. Another guy with a very punchable face. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I want to believe in Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's, it's, not, it's not a sure thing ever, you know, because just as soon as you expect him to be great, he'll, he'll bomb. But, yeah. And the thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you tried to punch him in the face, like, you wouldn't make contact through beard. It's true. He has that padding. Yeah, like, and not a particularly chest hair, too. Oh, that's true. He does have magic chest hair. (laughs) I think I think I'm pretty comfortable in saying that I'm the I am the like the I am peak chest hair for our league. That yeah, I'd say so. I'm thinking I'm thinking back, looking at all all the managers. Mm Hmm. And yeah, no, I'm I'm peak chest hair, so you know. So maybe you got some that magic too. I've just shaved So like, yeah, I've 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 missed a trick there. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, no, thanks, for, thanks for the insight for sure. And it's it's yeah. good to like have a conversation. I feel like the show's been fun to do, but it's just been me monologuing a little bit. So appreciate you contributing. Yeah. Thanks again, man. Catch good up to see you. Soon. Yeah. You too, Mike. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks again for Matt for taking the time to chat. Well, we're just wrapping up this week with the Soap Opera for Dudes Digest. Uh, Before we go, we check in each week with the bakery. Tidy Bakery here. What is Baker Mayfield up to? Well, I think he's sort of like Kevin McAllister this week in Home Alone. His coach and offensive coordinator just got fired. So, you know, mommy and daddy are gone. He has the house all to himself. He's going to order two cheese pizzas and eat the whole thing. Maybe a couple sleeves of Oreos. Single stuff because he's a classic like that. I think. I don't know. I just don't think he's a double stuff guy. Um, maybe he doesn't like nice things. Who knows? But he's going to have to watch out because if anybody's going to try to burgle the house, he'll have to set some traps and race cars and and flamethrowers and all kinds of things. So look out, new head coach of Cleveland. Uh, Things might be trapped. Just a heads up. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and have a great week. Bye. What? D-R-A-M-A. Drama. Drama. (laughs) Right there. Yep, for